And I don't know, it's like putting it listening to Christina Aguilera? Because there's a genie in it and it fits with tonight's movie. I don't like Christina Aguilera. Well, I don't like you. No, I don't like Christina Aguilera either. What movie are we doing tonight? We're doing Wishmaster, right here on the Late Night Fright. careful what you wish for you are tuned in to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and with me as always is my very genie in a bottle co-host faith say hi faith hi faith not to be confused with the (laughs) christina aguilera song right right (laughs) well we have a pretty glorious b movie tonight from 1997 don't we faith we do 1997 you know We had just moved past OJ. We hadn't yet gotten more than a mouthful from Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) Sarah McLaughlin had just given us the first Lilith Fair tour. The colors we were wearing, Faith, they were as bright as the future that awaited us. What movie are we talking about tonight, Faith? We are talking about Wishmaster from From 1997. 1997. (laughs) Ah, yes. Ah, it was as bright as the United Colors of Benetton, Faith. Before we get into it, a few quick bits of kind of sad news, a little bit of business. Uh, In our area of the country, you may have been following this. We had a massive hurricane uh, hit Louisiana. It hit our western coast area. Uh, That was Hurricane Laura. In the words of my sister, she started off as a bitch and ended up a real slut. So (laughs) this thing was just awful yeah worst hurricane to hit uh louisiana in 150 years yeah the uh the storm surges the winds just awful really uh the lake charles area of our state just really got decimated so i don't have any information at this time but i'm going to post something in the description of the show uh, a link for you to donate if you can find it in your heart and i know all of you out there can find it in your heart it's (laughs) it's Sometimes the problem is finding it in your wallet. We know <laughs> these times are very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you have a few bucks, and it really doesn't matter how much, uh, there's, what, 650,000 people right now without electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know how they're going to get fed. Uh, there are a lot of faith-based groups going in and doing some great work. So uh, anything you can do for that area would be greatly appreciated. The We would appreciate it, but those people down there especially would appreciate oh, yes. it. So. Uh, if you check the description of the show, I will have a link and we will have some more in the upcoming weeks because I have a friend who's going to be doing some work and I want to make sure that we link to his site. And uh, and if you're uh, if you're listening to this in the future, you know, some sometime from this, uh, feel free to keep checking on this because this is something that uh, uh, is not going away anytime soon. Exactly. This is something that uh, has, has forever changed that area. Mm-hmm. And Faith and I have lived through bad weather. Uh, it, it forever changes things and i want to make sure that we 
get the word out on that. So please check yes. the description. I just don't have that information at this time, but that will be in the description. Um, also, uh, like all of you out there, uh, we're recording this uh, on August 29th for a September 1st release. But uh, we got the news this morning that Chadwick Boseman, who played uh, T'Challa in the Black Panther film uh, and has been wonderful as Jackie Robinson and James Brown and uh, Thurgood Marshall. He was the go-to biopic guy. Yes. <laughs> um, he passed away from colon cancer at uh, 43. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's 43 right. years. He's, he's a few years older than me. And no one knew that he was ill and it came as a huge shock. So uh, we just, uh, and again, this is just, you know, we didn't know him. We saw his right. work. I enjoyed his work very much. I did too. And it I seemed s- like he was a very honorable guy. Yes. I, I've seen part. a lot of posts with everybody just saying how amazing he was. And I, I feel like you could feel that through everything he did in all his films. Yeah. He seemed like a great guy. Seemed like a genuine, yes. a genuine guy in an industry full of uh, falsity. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, uh, but like all of you, we were just shocked by that. Yeah. So our hearts and thoughts are out there with uh, with his friends and his family and his colleagues. And I want to add one more thing about the hurricanes. Uh, I am a big proponent of positive thinking. Uh, I don't know where you all out there stand on this. If, if you pray, if you meditate, whatever it is you do, uh, just send some love and positive vibes and well wishes to the people down there in uh, Western Louisiana down in the mm-hmm. Lake Charles area and, and anywhere that got hit by Laura. Cause this was really massive. If, if you weren't following the storm and haven't seen it, it's, it's ugly. I know. It was really ugly. Um, but I do believe that people feel those good vibrations. And, and so if that's what you can do, do that too. And, uh, you know, I, be, I believe in, I believe in the power of positive. Yes, thinking. absolutely. And, um, they, they can use anything you can give them right now, but uh, yeah. please make sure to check the description. I'll have something linked down there where you can, uh, donate to them so well on with it uh 1997 wishmaster faith check this out check out this list of credits from wishmaster director robert kurtzman are you ready i'm ready night of the creeps nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors predator evil dead <laughs> phantasm 2 halloween 5 is that the return of michael myers or the curse of michael myers oh i get them confused i think that's the curse of Maybe michael curse. myers nightmare on elm street 5 the dream child the academy award winner for best picture in 1990 dances with wolves tremors misery army of darkness jason goes <laughs> to hell the final friday Wes craven's new nightmare that's a that's a career right there isn't it <laughs> that's an amazing list shall i continue yes scream from Dusk Till Dawn, Spawn, The Faculty, Vanilla Sky, 13 Ghost, Gold Member, Bubba Hotep, Cabin Fever, and Hostel. Wow. That's <laughs> Hall of Fame right there. I know. He uh, he is a uh, makeup effects mm-hmm. artist, special effects, that, that whole behind the camera thing. Uh, he was the lead guy on this one, though. Mm-hmm. So, and if this movie reminds you a bit of Hellraiser, that might be because writer Peter Atkins was part of an avant-garde theater group, The Dog Company, along with Hellraiser creator Clive Barker and Pinhead himself, Doug Bradley. Atkins is the writer of three Hellraiser films, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Hellraiser Bloodline. So... Horror pedigree in front of and behind the camera, wouldn't you say? I would say so. We have Wes Craven as an executive producer, one of our favorites here. Mm-hmm. Harry Manfredini, the composer of the Friday the 13th uh, 
theme and uh, did music for most of those movies. He mm-hmm. was the composer here. Jacques Haitken is the cinematographer. He worked on A Nightmare on Elm Street with Wes Craven. Check this out in the cast. Angus Scrim from Phantasm, the tall man himself, is the narrator. Reggie Bannister from Phantasm has a cameo, and he also had a cameo in Bubba Hotep. We've, we failed to mention that in that That's show. Right. But we got the trifecta here. We got the trifecta. Yes, we do. <laughs> Faith, we got Kane Hodder. I know. Who did Kane Hodder play, Faith? Jason. We got Tony <laughs> Todd. Who did he play, Faith? Candyman. We got some guy named Robert England. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Mm. Uh, he was in. Uh, Wait, think, you pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry, it's Roberto Inglundo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think he was in V. I think he played Willie, the uh, friendly alien on V. May have been Fred. Fred Chuck. Maybe Kruger. so. Maybe. So this all kind of feels like a family affair, doesn't it? It does. So we're gonna we're gonna get into this. I think this should be a lot of fun. Uh, it's it, there's there's some fun stuff to talk about with this movie. And I feel like there's a lot to talk about with this movie yes. because. Because this is a movie, well, we'll get into it, right? right? This is the movie that came out September 19th, 1997, Faith. Feels like it's time, doesn't it? It does. Shall we? Yes. What time is it, Faith? It's time for the late night fright. Way back machine. Oh. Why do I always mess that up? I don't know, Faith. Drink, <laughs> drink your coffee, Faith. Let's get into the way back machine. Right, the Wayback Machine. We like to spotlight what was going on in the world at the time that the film came out. This is a relatively new segment. Even my co-host forgot about it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. (laughs) The President of the United States, William Jefferson Clinton. I did not sleep with that woman. (laughs) Sexual relation, whatever. (laughs) Prime Minister of the UK, Tony Baloney Blair. (laughs) Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, John Paul II. And as I am so fond of saying, all three members in good standing, or at least were, one of them is deceased, Allegedly, uh, members in good standing of the cabal that runs the world mm-hmm. secretly and not so That's secretly. Secret. They're, uh, they're starting to show themselves a little more, aren't they? Yes, they are. They really are. They Do are. some research on that. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. All right. So on with the good stuff here. Faith, what was the number one film in North America? In and out. From director Frank Oz, who played Yoda. He uh, also played Miss Piggy and Grover. He's a Muppeteer. And he also made an appearance in An American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. a film we did just recently here on the show. We both really liked that. Yes, we and that did. was a good episode, too. Uh, check that out if you haven't checked it out. Uh, what was the number one TV show, Faith? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Don't go in the house. <laughs> We made fun of Jerry on uh, which was that Amityville Horror? We no, made fun of Jerry. I, oh, I thought I think, it, or I think was it was it, Amityville. Was it? Or was it, it Mr. Ghost in the Chicken? Uh, or Mr. Chicken and the Ghost? Whatever. The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think it was Amityville because of Margot Kidder and Don't Go in the House. Maybe I think. so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, check out all those old episodes. The <laughs> they all number, run into each other. <laughs> the number one song in the U.S. was "Honey" by Mariah Carey. If I'm not mistaken, that was the video where she debuted her new more ample bosom pretty crazy we had a news bit last week or the week before about uh, her sister allison mm-hmm. 
I believe it was, is it Allison? I think it was her name. Sure. Uh, alleges that uh, she and her sister underwent uh, satanic ritualistic abuse when they were kids. And uh, I've read some stuff about it, and I th- tend to fall on her side. I think there's I some mean. weird stuff going on there. So the number one song in the UK was Men in Black from Will Smith from the film of the same name. Interesting week. It was an interesting mm-hmm. week. I'm not too fond of the music this week. No, me neither. Yes. Well, in honor of the trifecta that we mentioned, Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, and Roberto Inglundo, uh, we are going to share our personal top five favorite horror stars tonight. We have Faith. We have Freddie. We have Jason. We have the Candyman. We also have a pretty nasty genie. Now, Faith, <laughs> what time is it, Faith? It's time for the late night fright. Cue the music. I am Dan. And I am We'll Faith. see you on the other side. Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. God. of movies that Robert Kurtzman, the director of tonight's film, has been involved in? Yes, I did. Did you know we've done a lot of those movies on the show? Like what? Oh, like Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Tremors, Misery, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, From Dusk Till Dawn, Bubba Hotep, one of our most recent episodes, and Scream, our very first episode. Oh, wow. He's been involved in all of those iconic films. You know, we've also talked about another icon on this show. Who's that? Nicholas Cage. All of our episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. And you can email us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'll see you on the other side. Tonight on Cozy Corner TV at 7 o'clock on Happy Days, Richie pisses Fonzie off. At 7.30 on the Andy Griffith Show, Barney pisses Andy off. At 8 and 8.30 on Gomer Pile, USMC, Gomer pisses Sergeant Carter off. And on Star Trek at 9 o'clock, Spock pisses off Dr. McCoy. Only on Cozy Corner TV.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, uh, we've been doing this and we have it again this week. Uh, right there next to the Wayback Machine, we have another machine. It's the Randy Newman machine. Mm-hmm. Randy Newman, the Academy Award winning composer, he's written scores to countless films, classic films. He's written a lot of songs for those films too. And it seems like there's nothing he can't write you know, a song for, you mm-hmm. know, be it a... You know, toys doing their thing or bugs <laughs> or whatever, you know. And uh, so we have been over the past couple of weeks, we've been plugging the variables in the machine and it gives us what a Randy Newman theme song mm-hmm. for this week's movie, that week's movie would sound like. And we've plugged the variables in. We have it for this week. Are, you want to hear? What I do want to hear. All right. So if Randy Newman had written a theme song for the 1997 film Wishmaster, this is what it would sound like. Here you go. We'll see you on the other side of this. Piano sounds good. Get some drums in. Yeah, that's it. Give me a little bit of bass. We got a moderately funky groove for this theme song. Here it goes. I got a bottle for you. Got a bottle for you Come on and rub it, baby It's right here in my pants I'm your wish master Rub a little faster That's it Right. Wow. A little blue. And I and I don't mean like the blues. I mean, yeah, a little little sexual innuendo mm. there, huh? Oh man! Bottle in my pants. The bottle. Bottle might have something to do with the creature at the center <laughs> of this film tonight. So, a very brief synopsis: We have a demonic gin. That's a genie. Attempts to grant its owner three wishes, which will allow him to summon his brethren to Earth. That's about the long and short <laughs> of it. That's I like it. I like right? when you can just give that one quick sentence. Right. You know, last week we did American Werewolf in London and we went through the entire plot of the mm-hmm. movie and rightfully so we had we had to do that to kind of, you know, make some pieces link up. But that, yeah, it gets it. One sentence. <laughs> I mean, Demonic yeah. Jen wants to summon his brethren to Earth. That's pretty much it. All right. Let's get right into it. Faith, what did you think of Wishmaster? I like this movie a lot more than I thought I would, actually. <laughs> no, uh, it, I didn't hate it. What my favorite movie ever. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. There you go. What about you? Uh, my note here, this is a hard movie to quantify in a lot of ways because yes. nothing here is terrible. No. It's enjoyable enough to watch. However, it is lacking some things that would bump it up mm-hmm. a few notches. Now, I don't know if that is budget or if that's the way it was made. I, I don't know. I don't have good answers, people, on it. <laughs> but... um. I don't know that it, you and I would have covered this movie without the pedigree attached to it. If you didn't have Wes Craven's name on it mm-hmm. and the guy who gets the <laughs> and credit on this, Robert England mm-hmm. as Raymond Beaumont in this film. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we would have covered it. I don't, I don't think we would have, honestly. <laughs> and like I said, it's not a horrible movie. No. It's enjoyable. Yeah. But I think they make. And it's very hard to be lukewarm on this because <laughs> I, 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 I really do think the world of this movie, it's just, it's just, eh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
That's that's a good description. <laughs> so let me tell you what this reminds me of. It reminds me of the Universal sequels mm-hmm. and not Bride of Frankenstein, which is, <laughs> I mean, what maybe one of the greatest films we've done on this yes. show. So, it, no, it reminds me of like you have the Invisible Man, and then a few years later you had the Invisible Agent. Okay, <laughs> which is a fine film in its own right. It has the voice of Vincent Price in that. I believe it's that one that has Vincent Price in it. And it's a universal movie. It's a universal horror movie. It looks like it, feels like it, but it just it ain't the invisible man, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you want to go the Frankenstein route, you know, you have uh, the Karloff trilogy of Frankenstein, Bride, and Son of Frankenstein. And then uh, you get into where Lon Chaney plays him in Ghost of Frankenstein, and then you get into Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Okay. So there's diminishing returns on the quality. Enjoyable films. They're not... Frankenstein, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. This movie, it feels like it's part of like the universal sequel mm-hmm. thing. It's like, it feels like this is a sequel to a much better movie. movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can see that. And it, and at times it really did feel like a, uh, a universal film. The mummy being the one that That's, I was thinking of. I was thinking of, that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the intro. And uh, actually, yeah, I just went the long way around. The, the mummy sequels are, pretty that that would be what this would be like because mm-hmm. they just um the first sequel they did was really 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 good and then they just fell off of this cliff and it and i hate to say that because <laughs> they're sort of enjoyable but even even they're die hard the, you're going oh really like right. this is what we're okay <laughs> but but it reminds me of uh, a universal film yeah in a lot of ways i can see that um what i didn't like in this movie was the scope of it and let me run this by you. It felt very close. The whole movie lacked scope. Like mm-hmm. the movie, uh, it felt like you were watching the entire film through your iPhone. You know how people yes. hold up a camera and you see the mm-hmm. world through the camera. Everything was very tight. And I have my hand in front of face <laughs> face right now as I'm as I'm demonstrating this uh, this principle. To, but everything was was shot very tight. And so I feel like you don't get a good look at the world. You know, yeah. like. That's true. You know, that, that was one thing. So I wonder why they did that. Could have been budget. Could have Maybe. been. They didn't have the sets around it. True. You know, um, the colors were very bright. There was not a lot of darkness in this movie. It was very, it was a very bright movie. Did mm-hmm. you, did you notice that? I did that? notice that. It was, yeah, it was much brighter than a, like the cover looks like it's so dark and kind of, yeah, that's how you're going to go into it. Just very. Yeah. yeah. Um, my biggest complaint is it lacks a sense of danger. I, I never felt a <laughs> sense of urgency or danger in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but again, I want to go back to what you and I both said, but I like the movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was enjoying it. I wasn't bored. I wasn't, you know, disappointed yeah. with it. <laughs> uh, my note here is I really like the story. I have that in all yeah. caps because I'm going to have more on that in a bit. Uh, there is something going on here that I really do want to talk about that is... Uh, Maybe possibly esoteric in nature that uh, some people out there might not be aware of. I do want to talk about. I want to make a bigger point with it. Uh, Wes Craven's name is attached to this, and he didn't have anything to do with the story as far as I know. But his name is attached to it. It brings up an interesting point I want to make about his films uh, Mm -hmm. and something we've, you and I, Faith and I have talked about. We want to clue you in on and something we might actually pursue in the in the future. So. Uh, let's let's finish with the movie. Tammy Lauren is the lead here. She plays Alexandra Amberson. She works at an auction house. She's okay. 
Yeah. That's... She's okay. Uh, her biggest uh, credits were Homefront, uh, TV show Homefront, and she was on uh, The Young and the Restless, I believe. So she's a soap actress. I could she, tell, she, and I didn't even know that. Yeah. She looks like she belongs in the mid-90s here. Yeah. You know, this this film really does look like a time capsule of that era. It does. The, <laughs> with the colors and the clothes uh-huh. and all this. Uh, that's not a knock on it, but it's uh, it, it does look like that. Uh, she's like, it's like they couldn't get Jennifer Aniston for the film, so they got her, you know. Um, yes. <laughs> and she's okay. That's my note here. My other note is she has some questionable readings, yes. line readings. Yes, um, I was just about to say that. But I feel that her questionable line readings add character to the proceedings and give <laughs> give it that little bit of something you expect from a B-horror movie, you know, because... They can't all be winners, right? Right. <laughs> right. But uh, there's a few things, and it's the way she says them that just... There's, it's almost too proper. Is that a word? good word for her? Too... No urgency. Like, yeah. all right, I got to get this line out. <laughs> oh, ass. You know? Yes. <laughs> there's a couple of them like that. They're little stingers on the scene. Like, she'll be like, oh, poppycock. I can't remember. Or like, she'd cuss them out. Like, I'm not going to throw the F-bomb. But it was... But the way she would... I even noticed the way she delivered I was like... That doesn't seem like it was. It's like it's like she, her her mouth was very mechanical around those <laughs> around those words. You know what I mean? Like oh uh-huh. f, you know, like very proper <laughs> in the pronunciation. Because yes. when you because when you when you throw, especially the f bomb around, man, you got to be loose with it. You know, you, I know. It's, it's like it's got to roll off the tongue like music, like like George Carlin used to throw the <laughs> f bomb around. Like you can't just you know go f. You know, yeah, it like, can't seem too no, structured. It's got to be more like f. You know, like. <laughs> Or MF and, you know, <laughs> and again, we do this because we don't know if you're out there listening to the show with your children right. in the car and we do not want to be the two yokels right. who, uh, <laughs> who introduce your three-year-old to these words. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but uh, those readings do add character. And so, I mean, we're, we're laughing talking about it, so it does add character. I'm glad that you noticed it. Oh, I, mean, I noticed I mean, it. Yeah. I was watching I'm like, what is going on? There's no and I didn't know she it. was a soap opera, but I mean, I could, I could, you I could really tell. Yeah. You can tell. And there's nothing against her. She might be a wonderful woman. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying she's a bad actress. I'm no. just saying like there were just some questionable readings. Maybe you too, it was even how it was written. I don't know. You know, maybe just... It could the have script been. in general is just kind of weird. Maybe I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> um, her character though does prove to be resourceful. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't. It wasn't like oh god, here she comes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to see this woman on screen. No, it wasn't that. It was just kind of like eh. Yeah. yeah. A lot of this movie was eh. eh. But I still really enjoyed it. It's weird. Right? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't stop. Couldn't stop watching. All right, so uh, we got her out the way. <laughs> let's, let's get let's get to the the real kind of standout performance here. The monster in this movie, the Jin or mm-hmm. Genie, and uh, I love the way Jin is spelled D J I N. Andrew Devoff plays the Jin. He has been in two films with Harrison Ford: hmm. Air Force One and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Very cool. Do you think Harrison Ford saw this movie? I don't know. What what do you think he would think about it if he did see it? <laughs> well, I think he probably put the blunt into the ashtray and went, hey, I think it's that guy from that uh, movie I was in. I think, that, I think I know that genie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's probably exactly what so he said. He, uh, he, uh, Andrew Devoff has been a lot of... Uh, a-level material, B-level material, some C-level material. But uh, he's a working actor, and I think he's a very good actor, too. And uh, I, I think the movie 
works as well as it does because of his performance mm-hmm. as this genie. And he's doing this under makeup sometimes. Sometimes he's doing it with this creepy ass smile <laughs> on his face where his lips literally, I'm, I'm doing it right now, curl up under. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he's some kind of squirrel or something. <laughs> um, what did what did you think of uh, Andrew Devall's performance here? Because the movie really does live or die on it. It, it does. No, I, th- I think he was, I think he was, yeah, the, I mean, I enjoyed it. There were moments where I wasn't too fond of the way he delivered some of his lines as well. There was a lot of proper pronunciation on this film. Yes, I don't know what that was, but... He had, I don't even know how to, again, let me go back to my original uh, uh, quote here. It's very hard to quantify certain things in this movie. (laughs) And I'm not even going to try and do the voice, but it was very, he would do this and then he would would, Alexandra. Yeah. Yeah. And it was almost like, robotic in a yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of something, but I don't know what. Dude, it reminded me of something too, and I and I could not I I and still can't it. figure it out. I was like, this reminds me of something else, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. There were times where it was like really creepy, especially close-ups on his teeth. So I, his mouth was pretty. Was I have creepy. a note here. Uh, my favorite part of his makeup was the teeth. The teeth, the teeth were very neat. Yeah. I, I like the look of the teeth. Yeah. Um. If you're out there and you know what it is that it reminds us of, Tell please us. <laughs> email us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com because I, I swear I, I was sitting there watching me going, what does this remind me, too, me of? Gonna, okay, this is this is somebody else that I'm thinking of, but I don't know. Maybe who. maybe the emperor from Star Wars in a way. Maybe. Young Skywalker. But he, he mm. again, he was using all of his mouth. Very. I know. It's like, do you think they put him like through like some kind of finishing school, like some I, I diction don't. school? Like, <laughs> all right, damn it, this is my directorial debut, and people are going to understand what the hell people are saying in this movie, okay? Proper pronunciation. Okay? There is going to be proper pronunciation. <laughs> Why am I doing Kurtzman, who I have no idea what he sounds like, like Trump? All right, listen, damn it, this movie is going to be fantastic. It's going to be the most huge. terrific movie you've ever seen. <laughs> this genie, it's going to be huge. <laughs> there it is. But um. I really like his teeth. <laughs> what, did, what did you think of the design of him? You know who he reminded me of look-wise? When I think he would kind of come on screen and you get a glimpse, he reminded me of Jeepers Creepers. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I liked the design. He was. There were shades, too, of the main creature in uh, Galaxy Quest. I can't remember the... The big aliens name in that, but if you look at them side by side, like you can kind of see it. I I, I like the design. Mm-hmm. I like the design. I like the story. I I, do too. I I like him too for the most part. What do you think about him uh, out of the makeup? Because I mean, there's there's some real creeper stuff going on. Yeah, I liked him in and out of the makeup. I mean, I like when he was uh, when he would take the faces off. Where that's creepy. Where people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, th- that's creepy. Yes. Um. Let's let's talk about I I have something here that thing I wanted to talk about uh, I have it here in my notes but let's let's do the supporting cast mm-hmm. real quick because yeah the and let's let's focus on the the trifecta because mm-hmm. that's well we have Chris Lemon who's Jack Lemon's son is in the movie and boy does he look just like a younger version of mm-hmm. his dad uh, you have uh, Ted Raimi brother of Sam Raimi makes a small appearance small cameo um, as we said Reggie Bannister from the Phantasm series pops up but why we did this movie there's there's the there's trifecta <laughs> kane hodder tony todd and robert england uh well is there anything you'd like to say in particular because you said you had something to say it was about- just a, it was a thought that i had while watching this i like the idea of these three 
you know, known horror people coming together for one film. I wish there were more of them in the film. I know you got more Robert England than you did anybody yeah. else. But I think it'd be cooler if there was maybe some type of interaction between the three of them. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're that they're all in it, too. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's again, let me go back to I don't think we would be doing this movie on this show right. if it wasn't for the involvement. And I, this was my pick this week. Mm-hmm. And I picked it for no other reason than I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was going through my list and I said, oh, Wishmaster, that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of something different and a right. 90s horror film, too. Yeah, we haven't done anything with a genie yet. So, yeah, and there's not a lot of genie horror <laughs> nah. films except for Aladdin. Right. <laughs> No, so which brings up another point I have about horror actors being in movies together. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of comedies with comedy stars getting together and being in movies, but it, I feel like it's not often that you see horror stars anymore in movies together. Yeah, because Bella and And then Boris, there's also, there's really not a lot of horror stars in general anymore. I want to talk, I really want to talk Life. about that with our top five list tonight because I was making, I was talking to my sister about this. Uh, one of the guys on the list who is actually in the film is on my list and mm-hmm. I believe he's going to be on your mm-hmm. list too. Uh, there is a big point to be made about that. And you just hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. But uh, back in the day, Bella and Boris uh, made several films together. You had the monster rallies and it was just great having all of these guys here. Yeah. And they worked together, you know, it wasn't which like is a they selling point, separated. which is a selling point for the film. You have these mm-hmm. three guys in it. Uh, was there any stand was, did one of them stand out more than the other? Kane Hodder, didn't have much to do, but I liked seeing him. I almost overlooked him, to be honest. And with I liked seeing him not in any kind of makeup. It was just Kane Hodder, who yeah. uh, I, I hate to say, it, no, I don't hate to say this, but uh, he has really nice eyes. Like mm-hmm. I was really. They're striking. They kind of. Yeah. And, and that's to me always been the best part about his Jason is, mm-hmm. is the eyes yeah. and uh, his personality under there. Uh, Tony Todd is wonderful actor. He has one of the great voices. voices. He does some wonderful animated work. Uh, he's done work for DC like England has. And um, Tony Todd is always, always a welcome um, uh, addition to any cast, right. any movie. It doesn't matter if it's TV, film. Uh, he was in uh, Smallville. He he popped up in an episode of that as I watched recently. And it's that voice. He's got that great voice. He's got that great presence. He's got mm-hmm. that great demeanor. He's got that thing. And um, I love Tony Todd. Yeah, he uh, was probably my favorite out of the three, I think. I mean, had, I love Robert. In a short, he just had a very short. Yes, but he stood out to me. Short role, yeah. Reason. Yeah, and Robert, of course. Robert is always going to be Robert. And uh, did you notice they had him dressed in uh, red and in green, a, in red and green uh-huh. at one point? And at his I party. don't think that was a mistake. Uh, I don't think so. Was it a green shirt with a red vest? Yes. I think it was, it was yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got he got to ham it up. Robert is a ham. That mm-hmm. dude is a ham. Okay. <laughs> he's classically trained, but he's a ham. Yep. And... Uh, and he is really the impetus for this, for this whole story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, uh, it was great seeing them, and uh, it's always welcome to see Robert England. Yeah. You know, it's always it's always great to see him either in a makeup role or just as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that voice of his too. I God, know, me too. And, and, and he's just you know, welcome to my party. You know, <laughs> does he know he's as hammy a hammy as he know. is? I mean, he's going to have to come on our show. We're going to have to he ask does. him. He does. He needs to come on the show. You know? I mean, there's even a song about it. Yes. Yes, there is. We might play that at we, the end of the episode. We might have to. Might play out the <laughs> end credits with that. <laughs> All right. Let me get into this. Uh, so this idea of the genie. Faith, you're familiar with a lot of this. Uh, you're familiar with Gnosticism. Gnosticism is something that is um, pre, uh, predates Christianity, uh, feeds into Christianity in a lot of ways. 
Uh, if you're not familiar with this, um, there is going to be a link to the uh, Gnostic story of creation. It's going to be in the show notes. I don't want to just give it to you here because you have to write it down. It's, it's going to be in the show in the description. So it'll be right there. Um, basically, what Gnosticism says is that the creator of this world was not the creator not uh the god of this world is not the true god there is a true god there is like the all-encompassing force if you want to mm -hmm. use the star wars metaphor but uh the creator of this world is the demiurge is what they say and the demiurge is an incomplete being it, it was it has uh the goddess that created the demiurge did not do it with a male counterpart she did it on her own and it was this abomination and they she cast it out of uh the the land uh, that they live the center of the universe the bright shiny light where the gods reside and uh, came in in this world and this is where the 3D reality comes from now I'm paraphrasing here there's a lot of different interpretations of this but anyway so that's basically the the, the gist of it but the uh, so Yahweh in the Old Testament would be the this demiurge okay mm -hmm. which if you look at the Old Testament there's real wrath of God stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. then you have jesus christ comes in and makes a new covenant with god and some say is is a covenant with the true god if you look at it from a gnostic standpoint is saying no that's not right this is <laughs> this is this is correct love love each other you know kind of thing all right so i don't want this to be a theology lesson but uh the demiurge created these things called the archons the archons are described in christianity as demons uh in uh native american lore they are called i believe the chitari which is also the name of the creatures in marvel's the avengers they're coming through the dimensional rift mm -hmm. yeah, there you go <laughs> uh in uh islam they are called jinn and they are these kind of demonic creatures much like this guy here mm -hmm. and what these things do is they feed on our fear they are the rulers of this world in gnostic tradition uh, they are described in the Nag Hammadi uh, scriptures, the text from Nag Hammadi that were discovered in 1945. How is this for serendipity? Discovered right after the end of the Second World War, then this Gnostic uh, literature was discovered. The Gnostics were uh, wiped out by the Catholic Church because, well, nobody really knows why, but probably because <laughs> they had the true knowledge. They burned the library at Alexandria and massacred these people in France, anywhere they got a foothold, the Catholic Church was there and said, no, you can't do that. Heresy. So there you go. But uh, there is a book that describes the archons and they're low vibrational beings. They feed on your fear. They feed on all of your bad vibes, literal bad vibes. And um, so when they say resonate at a higher frequency, what it is, you're getting away from them. You see, mm -hmm. you're getting more into like the uh, the higher realms of consciousness. But uh, they, you know, they rule this earth. There, there's a lot of stuff with it. There's ancient alien theory uh that kind of ties in I, i'm giving you the quick overview if you're interested in this there is a link in the description please check that out and there's a whole thing on archons i'm going to link the archon article as well this is so <laughs> that that is what this <laughs> is because the beginning of this and by the way uh my favorite scene in this is the beginning when they're in Persia, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful with uh, the way it looks and the and, and the havoc that this creature yes. uh, wreaks mm -hmm. on on people. But that's the whole thing. You make a deal with these people, creatures, and 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 just awfulness ensues. But that's that's the thing. The way that they're there, they're they're speaking into the uh, the leader, the sultan's ear, you know, and all this. So there's a real kind of gnostic thing happening here, and. Uh, 
Does that make any sense to you? That makes 100% sense to me, yes. So Atkins, I don't know. I'm sure Atkins, knowing Clive Barker, and was very aware of this. Whether or not this was planned, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But the similarities are just so striking. Which brings me to the point I really want to make. Wes Craven's name is attached to this. I don't know how much input he had on this script or anything That's what like I was that. just thinking. I mean, maybe he was, you know kind of fed through to Could be. somebody else. There is uh, everything I've talked about here. There's a Gnostic streak running through Wes Craven's work. So I'm going to do this with faith and out there, all of you out there listening, kind of follow along here and think about this. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story, Faith. Okay. There is something that lies under the subconscious that affects our conscious life, that affects our day-to-day activities. Okay. Mm-hmm. It feeds on our fear. It feeds on our bad vibes. It gives it strength because that feeds it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are people who know about it, who have seen it, experienced it, possibly have named it. And yet the mass of people around them do not want to acknowledge. They either are unable to to fathom it, don't want to acknowledge it, or, or simply can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is basically what I just described with these archontic energies, right? Mm-hmm. What else does that sound like? A Nightmare on Elm Street. Doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Doesn't that sound like Freddy Krueger? Yes, it does. Okay. We did the people under the stairs, too, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of it happening there, too. And that's mm-hmm. when I started kind of cluing in to that, to that with it. And we did an episode on Elm Street, too, and I kind of, I think... I don't know if I went that deep on it, but I know I was talking about him like in myth and all mm-hmm. the way Freddie functions in myth. But um, I feel like this is an idea that we need to explore. And we are going to do a show on what we just talked about, the Gnosticism mm-hmm. stuff and the Archons and how it relates to Wes Craven's work, because I feel like there's a real heavy connection I there. I think so. So we're going to, that is something we're going to do sooner rather than later mm-hmm. in the next couple of, uh, I say a couple of weeks, maybe five, six weeks, next month or two. Uh, and we've talked about that and I think it's gonna be fascinating to go back. In, I think so. And I started watching Elm Street again and it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. I don't know how much Wes knew. And we said this during the uh, people under the stairs episode. What did Wes know? And when did Wes know it? Because how much else did he know? <laughs> how much else did he know? Because Hollywood is filled with the influence of these people and this, and, and there are elite bloodlines. You've, and if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you've heard me talk about the cabal that runs the world. They are tied in with these entities. And I, and I hope I don't sound like a crazy person right no. now, but go out and I'm also going to leave a link to David Ike's uh, page and some information there. Check it out. L- read it with an open heart and an open mind because it will change the way you look at the world because there are things that don't make sense and they will start to make sense. Mm-hmm. A little bit of sense when you realize what the force run in this world might be. Right. So that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, I was really struck by it, and mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow!" In this little B movie, it's there. I know. Pretty hardcore. Like I think it might be the best description of it. I know. And they're described as being reptilian in nature, like this guy is. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. There's what did something. What did West know? When did West know it? What does Peter Atkins know? When did Peter Atkins? <laughs> know it um so anyway i didn't want to go off on a big tangent there but uh 
I, I think that's important to talk about with mm-hmm. this. And uh, again, those are the Gnostic texts from Nag Hammadi. Uh, I will leave a link to the creation story and to the uh, kind of idea behind these archons. And uh, check that out if that interests you. And uh, if you have any thoughts on this or know something uh, about it, please feel free to email us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. I always love talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has helped me make a lot of sense about the world. <laughs> You too, right? Yes, yes, yeah. a lot. Yeah, I didn't sound too crazy just now, did mm. No more so than usual, right? I was just about to say. <laughs> no, not crazy at all. All right, so what's your final verdict on Wishmaster? I like the movie. I, I think the story of it is the best part to me. I think, yeah. like you said, for being a B-movie, it, it's there and it's... A lot of depth it's, to Yes, it. it's fascinating. And I mean, could you imagine if it was... I'm not going to say better, because <laughs> that sounds rude to the movie, but if it was... Expanded upon. There you go. <laughs> expanded upon. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be something. Mm-hmm. This is one, I don't say this very often, this would be a really good movie to be remade, possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, take I don't general, say that often either, yeah. but yeah. And Hellraiser hits on some of these notes, too, but uh, this is a little different from Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. And, uh Yeah. Yeah, we need we need to get to Hellraiser too. That's one yes. that I know we've had on the list for for forever. Long time, and uh, we need to get to it because it hits a lot of these notes too mm-hmm. that we're talking about, and is better. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So my my uh, my note here: very competent B movie. Yeah, very I think competent. So. Uh, echoing what you said, uh, my next note is could be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. Uh, it is more than fine for what it is. And uh, my final thought, it is the perfect lazy, rainy Sunday afternoon watch. It's very true. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's got a lot of good stuff, but I mean, like I said, it could have been way worse. And yeah. I'll take this. <laughs> yeah. um, final thought, and uh, in, in the strength of this movie really lies, I think, with this, the effects. What did you think of the effects? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. The effects I, I, yeah. Much, yeah. We don't say that very often, do we? Mm-mm. Not often. Yeah. No. Great story. Great effects. Just it just doesn't it just doesn't come together. I think way, yeah. I think the delivery way, on certain the way that things, I think it wants to. Yeah. I yeah. think it was just kind of. I don't. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know really what to place. That's like. Really lacking necessarily, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because you got a pretty good cast. You got a good story. Mm-hmm. It's just something's yeah. not. But uh, but definitely worth a watch. Definitely. Definitely worth a watch. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Well, I think it is time to take a break and stay tuned because you know what, Faith? It's a news break. It is a news break. All the fake news not fit to print. (laughs) All right. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. election season. Yay! The Democratic and Republican conventions are done. Joe Biden and Donald Trump have made their cases to the American people, and now we can all sit back and watch political ads on TV. Yay! 
We do not have an official word on who actress Gwyneth Paltrow will be supporting in the 2020 election, but you can still purchase this, the This Smells Like My Orgasm candle from her Goop website. The taut, tantalizing fragrance made with pink grapefruit, neroli, and ripe cassis berries is available for only $75. What does this world come to? I don't know, Faith. Uh, local Cozy Corner resident Lori Lemerfemer has announced her candidacy for Cozy Corner City Council. Lemerfemer is a 40-year-old unemployed woman who has never held a real job in her entire life, instead living off of her trust fund and alimony from two failed marriages. Her campaign website lists her platform as, I'm going to tax the hell out of you, take your money, and then whatever I don't keep for myself, I'll probably give to my friends. Miss Lemerfemer should fit right in with the smelly buttholes on the Cozy Corner City Council. Damn, we've just got word that actress Gwyneth Paltrow has endorsed Lori Lemerfemer for Cozy Corner City Council. Faith, we've also just gotten word that Gwyneth Paltrow is unveiling a new Senate candle on her Goop website, Smells Like My Lemerfemer. Seriously, what is this world coming to? Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Rest in peace, Chadwick. That is the news. Stay tuned for your Minute of Culture. I'm Dan. And I'm Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're going to wrap up this show that we have been doing on 1997's Wishmaster, a film that we both really liked and also just were kind of eh on. <laughs> Is that a first on the show for us that we've... I know there have been movies that we have been kind of real lukewarm on, but a movie like this where we both were like, no, I loved it, but I just didn't like it. <laughs> I think it is the first. You know, I think a lot of people out there say that about their exes. You know, there's a lot of ex-spouses out there. Ah, I love him or her. I just don't don't like like him. him. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, what did you think of our Minute of Culture? I I really enjoyed that Minute of Culture. I felt smarter in... You look smarter. Yeah. You do. You look look, look (laughs) much more intelligent. I think Mm -hmm. we put on like 20, 25 IQ points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was uh, Mozart's uh, Symphony Number 40. Uh, the first movement, the very first bit there, the first minute, literally, of Symphony Number no. 40. And it is in G minor for all of you dancers out there. Very nice. There you go. 
It's one of my favorite pieces of music. It is very nice. And I'm not a uh, not a huge Mozart fan. I, I of course love and respect the music, but it's like that's not where I go to when I mm-hmm. when I go into that that era of music. Uh, I've said it before. I'm a Brahms guy. Mm-hmm. I, I do like Bach and Beethoven, but I'm a Brahms guy. So there it is. <laughs> hope you all feel smarter out there, and I hope. <laughs> My comments did not make you dumber <laughs> just now. Uh, Faith, before we uh, unveil our top five list, do you have anything you'd like to add about Wishmaster? Uh, I think that's all that I could think of. I, I, I want to watch the second one. Devoff is in the second one, and then they did two more. But I'd like to see that second one. I, I may have seen it back in the day. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. So, all right, here we go. It is time for the top five. We even have a theme song for this. Ooh. Top five favorite horror movie stars. Here it is. Cue the music. Right, here we go. The only stipulation we had on this list was that the people on it, the names had to be synonymous with horror. So you could have put Jamie Lee Curtis on it, but she's had success in in a bunch of other stuff. And not that these gentlemen are not successful in other films, but when you think of them, you think of horror films. yeah. Yeah. So that was the only stipulation we had. And I know that we have the same names, but the, (laughs) the order... Might be a little different. Just a little bit. Faith, you have the honor with number five. (laughs) Number five, I have Peter Cushing. That is also who I have at number five. (laughs) Now, I made a comment last week on American Werewolf in London where I said, this movie is what I think of when I think of horror movies. Mm -hmm. His look is what I think of when I think of horror movies. Mm -hmm. Funny that he's on this list. He was never really the villain. He was never really the monster. He always played the monster killer, Van Helsing, who I think he played eight times. Or he was the monster creator in Frankenstein, who who could be vile. But uh, I think he played him six or seven times. And But so just a, an energy and a presence. And we talked about him on the Horror of Dracula mm-hmm. episode. And uh, he was a very sweet man. And uh, I don't think he liked the horror movies too much. But he didn't run from them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love his energy. And, of course, his most famous role is uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. But uh, Carrie Fisher says he smelled of lavender. It's a good smell. It is a good smell. <laughs> um, that's a good pick, isn't it? Yes. That's a good pick. Great look, though, huh? Yes. Really great look. Who do you have at number four, Faith? We might have the same one here. I have Christopher Lee at number four. We have different... We do. We are different. Yes. Uh, Christopher Lee is one up on my list. At number four, I have a gentleman who is in the film tonight, Robert England. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That should show you how hardcore my top three is. Robert England. (laughs) You made a comment uh, during our discussion that we don't have horror movie stars. Robert England is perhaps our last great horror movie star. And he was the... um, he was the first horror movie star in 84 when he became the horror movie guy for mm-hmm. that little dream demon he played uh, since who you had, Christopher Lee. I mean, so it's pretty rare air. I know. And it's a shame that we haven't had a legit horror movie star. I know there are actors who who have kind of become, you know, who work in the genre, but I'm talking about like the like, horror yeah, movie. Yeah, like that is, that's the what name, you know them for. The yes. na- like these names that we're talking uh-huh. about. Uh, Catherine Gibbs is an actress. Uh, uh, she was in the, uh, the 
Ginger Snaps movie. She was in Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Catherine Isabel. I'm sorry. She played Gibbs in Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> Catherine Isabel. She's done quite a bit of genre work, but I don't consider her to be, you know, the like the right. horror right. You know, name. Um, so, I mean, there are people, guys and girls working, but we haven't had one in a while. And I think I we're due one. It feels like, you know, law averages says we're, <laughs> says we're due one, right? I think we are. Um, uh, Christopher Lee Weiss, obviously, I know why he's on your list, but what, what is it about him that you just oh, love? Everything about him. He just screams horror to me. <laughs> I mean, he's not, not him in general. Like, oh, he's no. horrific. But he just molds to that so well. I just yeah. feel like it fits him and... He's just so good. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actor. Wonderful man. And as I said on the Horror of Dracula episode uh, five, six, seven, maybe eight times, enough uh, you could play a drinking game with it, Christopher Lee hunted down and killed Nazis in World War II. Uh, let's see. We'll talk. Uh, I, I know he's on your list. I had England at number four, so we'll talk about him in his higher. Uh, I'm shocked he's at number four for you. It's a hard. I mean, it's hard to put these guys... One through five. I Do you mean, know why he was at number four? Because he's not the guys who I have at three. And it was hard to put him there, but he's, it's like, I was just going, man, those are the names, though. Yeah, those are the names. I know. Uh, who you have at number three? Oh, this one was so hard because I feel like he should have been higher, but I had to put Bella Lugosi at number three. Ugh. See, uh, yeah, I have him. I have him a little higher. <laughs> and I, that's where I have Christopher Lee. That's where okay. I had Christopher Lee. So I had the hammer guys mm-hmm. there. Uh, and that's something though. I mean, we got because I know we have the same. It's the hammer and the Universal guys and Robert England. You <laughs> right. know. And let me say this before we get into the uh, into the top two here. Uh, I could have had Lon Chaney on here, senior and junior. Mm-hmm. Claude Rains was one I really yeah. thought about putting because we were mm-hmm. both real taken with him in uh, both the Wolfman and especially the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple of other ones that could have been on here. They were so cl- Tony Todd was a guy I thought about putting me on here. too. But again, you go, well, yeah, Candyman, you know, it's... It, it, you have to put those classics. I mean... Yeah. It's just, you have to. Yeah. Um, all right, so you had Bella at three. Yes. I have Christopher Lee at three. Uh, who do you have at number two? I put Robert England at number two yeah, because Robert. I feel like, like you said, he is kind of our last yeah. leading horror man. Yeah. I mean, he really is, and it's really a shame. What, uh, what is it? What is it that draws you to him? Because I'm drawn to him as a guy. A person? Like like the guy, yeah. Robert Englund. And that, Me too. And, and you see him outside of Freddy Krueger and you just really wouldn't even believe that he was Freddy Krueger. He's a teddy bear. And then you just see him and it's like, wow. Like, a hammy ham. <laughs> yeah. And, but then you see him as Freddy Krueger. But it, and it's like, how is that the same person? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And all of the guys on this list are gentlemen through and through. Mm-hmm. They're They're... By all accounts, the nicest men you would ever, mm-hmm. the ones that are alive, want to meet, or if you were back in the day, that you would ever wanted to right. meet. And I, I've I've been uh, obsessed kind of with that dichotomy of these very nice men who then can portray such monsters on screen. I know. You know, it's it's amazing. I know. I mean, it's a, and he is he is a classic example of that because mm-hmm. you watch him with the fans and the interaction with the fans and in interviews. Just even with the interviewers, like he's charming. He's he's a gentleman. I know. He, um, kind of more of a cowboy gentleman, you know, because he's not that kind of classic uh, Karloff style gentleman. Mm-hmm. But he's a gentleman nonetheless, and, and a very uh, sincere man. And he's got a wonderful sense of humor and uh, and uh, drama. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a wonderful sense of all that, classically trained, and just such a sweetheart of a guy. And plays, uh, I started rewatching, as I mentioned, Elm Street, you know, looking at Wishmaster and some of the ideas we were talking about. I started watching Elm Street, and I hadn't seen it since we did it on the show. And I texted you, I said, God, he's a creep. He really <laughs> is a creep. He really is. And he looks, and Robert looks like he's enjoying it. That's what's so just the trying to wrap your head around that but again i had him at four just because he's not these other guys and i I respect you for putting him (laughs) where you did because i almost i really wanted to put him at one but he's not he's not who number one he's not who number one is yeah (laughs) uh number two i had bella now bella we both fell in love with bella in dracula and uh same question as with robert what is it about bella because there's there's this for me, there's this magnetism with Bella. And mm-hmm. I was watching this film of his Night Monster that came on uh, the late movie on Svengoolie recently. <laughs> and he played the butler. And, it, and look, they weren't using Bella. Very few people did use Bella uh, correctly. You know, he was one of those guys that uh, he was so good. And then he, you know, they, mm-hmm. it's like he got typecast. Mm-hmm. And then, even in the genre, I don't think they used him the way that he needed to be used. Um, but, uh, so this movie was was just I don't want to say it was beneath him, and but he showed up. He was doing his thing, but I, I'm still I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, it's Bella," you know, like <laughs> you know that voice and the and the stature and yeah, all. What is it just, about him? His presence, like I mean, watching Dracula, that movie's kind of stuck with me. I feel like I think about it quite often. I don't I don't know why, but it's him. He just radiates something that is just. He's he's Dracula to me. <laughs> I mean, Let me tell you why I have him at number two. Mm-hmm. Why why I put him above like Robert England mm-hmm. um, because he played Dracula with no makeup mm-hmm. and he's terrifying. And <laughs> I remember when we did that episode and I had not seen that movie in a while. I think when we did the episode, because mm-hmm. it's for whatever reason, I don't like the film as much as I like some of the other universal mm-hmm. films. And I forgot how just again, going back to England, like we just said, how creepy he is I in know. that film. And it was, disturbing me watching this 90 year old movie and watching him you know come to me mm-hmm. you know and this thing and it gets parodied so much in pop culture but you go back to the source and you watch it and you're like holy hell this guy <laughs> I know. that's a great actor he was a great actor and a good guy too he had his mm-hmm. demons and thank god he overcame them toward the end of his life and um again and i put him there because of that and because 1931 dracula is the first talky talking horror film mm-hmm. And it kicks this whole thing off in grand style. And we don't have any of the other stuff if you don't have him. There you go. 1931. The reason he's not number one is because the guy I have at number one, and the guy you have at number one, I'm (laughs) assuming, (laughs) just that performance and he's not this guy. I know. Who you have at number one. I have Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that he was able to do that emote like he did under that makeup was amazing those performances and he was around a long time and uh there's something magic about boris karloff there's something magical about robert england as freddie and off screen there's something magical about boris bella i don't there that thing isn't you know that little that one little bit of magic Uh dust yeah boris had that little bit of magic dust it's like you get excited when his name pops up or when you You really do you just you just get excited yeah and by all accounts, as we said, a great guy. All these guys, mm-hmm. great guys. But he was just so kind and giving and would go visit the children at the children's hospital. And, uh, 
real giving guy. He was a gentleman, a true gentleman. And uh, yeah, if you want to hear more about him, we talk about him in the old dark house. Uh, we get in his bio there and we did a uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and uh, we did the mummy as well. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've hit uh, the big ones in his, in his filmography. There are a few more we can do and we're going to do the black cat with Bella. I watched point. one the other day, which one, what did I tell you it was called? My, my mind's blank. Oh yeah. It what was, uh, he I was, was the scientist. Um, I can't remember which one it was either, but yeah. I can't remember. He, he played an old man who was hard of hearing and it was like so odd to see him. Not like he in that creepy role, but yeah. But you still like get so excited that he's in this film. What I love about Karloff is he can give you the hideous, horrific with the uh, sympathy that goes with mm-hmm. it, and uh, that's a rare quality because watching Kruger this week again for the first time in a while, like there's nothing redeeming about him. There's nothing. <laughs> it's it's. Um, it's creep central. Yeah. And with the Frankenstein monster, there's that little bit of sympathy that comes through mm-hmm. a lot of sympathy actually comes through, but, but Boris could do uh creep tastic as we saw in the mummy. Yeah. And I mean, that's a chilling performance. That mm-hmm. movie is really good. Um, it's a better version of Dracula as we, as we <laughs> said, but uh, he's really good. And uh, Boris is the one that I would have liked to have seen play Kruger. But, I can uh, see it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't had, that horror movie star in a while. You've not. Yeah. And it's crazy that it just hit me watching this movie today. I'm like, there's real, there's nobody. Yeah. You know, there's no group of people that, that you just go to for horror anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. I know. It's a shame. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it was funny though. When, when we agreed, because we had the pedigree, as we said in mm-hmm. this movie, the, the trifecta of those guys, uh, that we were going to do the top five, horror stars and we kind of figured like it had to be like, the name goes with horror films right. yeah uh but uh i had no problem like the five came out immediately it was just how am i gonna rank them like <laughs> me too <laughs> it was like uh. yeah pretty great so <laughs> all right so uh be sure to check out the description of the show we are going to have uh, the links for everything we talked about with uh Hurricane resources and the Gnostic stuff and uh, all that. So check that out, please. That's going to be there in the description. And if you are following along, we like to give you the movie for the next week. Mm -hmm. A few few weeks ago, we did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns was something that we picked. We had a grab bag of films to pick from, and we picked it live here at the end of the show. So we don't know what the next one's going to be, but we have the other three films from that week. They are Urban Legend. like to pick. Deep Blue Sea and Chopping Mall. Those are those are the three that are left. I have them written on very fun pink post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Faith is going to pick the movie. Are you ready, Faith? They met your shorts. They sure do. <laughs> they There's sure, a theme here tonight. They sure do. I am shuffling these. Are you ready, Faith? I'm ready. Are you are you ready? I'm ready. Sticky notes here. So <laughs> all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Pick one. All right. What do you got, Faith? I picked Urban Legend. Urban Legend from 98. So we got another Robert England movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also got Michael Rosenbaum in that movie from Smallville and uh, Alicia Witt and Rebecca Gayhart, I believe. I have not seen this movie since it arrived on DVD back in the day. I think I saw it a long time ago, So I'm it's, not mistaken. It's going to almost be a first-time watch, <laughs> and another one is kind of indicative of the uh, 1990s horror mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's, it's uh, a post-scream film. Yes. There you go. That's that's what it is. It's a post scream film. So, all right. Urban Legend is up with Roberto Inglundo next week. Very fun. And uh, the week after that, make sure to stay tuned because we're going to be doing the Fridays, the first ever award show here on the Late Night Fright. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and before we, we close up shop, Faith, uh, you read a really interesting article about our favorite star, Nicolas Cage. I did. What's he going to be doing, Faith? He's going to be voicing and I think producing. Yes. Yeah. It's an animated. I yes. Um, an Amazon series where he is a, what is it, vodka? Vodka drinking dragon. Dragon. From the swamps of Louisiana. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. it. That's pretty much. I'm not playing a dragon. I am a dragon. <laughs> Love Louisiana. He lives, he lives down this way. Yeah. <laughs> Which means he needs to come to our shows. <laughs> he does need to come on our show. He really does. Yeah, I'm in, I'm I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that on the show. When yeah, it, we are. When it comes out, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Urban Legend next week. Uh, before we go, I just want to say this. I usually will say something like this in the bumper uh, that, that ends the show. But uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to your neighbors. Be kind. That it, it reciprocates out. It really, really does. And in the times we find ourselves living in. Kindness and love, unconditional love for yourself and for the people around you. We really need it right now. Yeah, that seems very rare. And uh, as we said, the lower vibrational, there are things out there that like to feed on those bad vibes. Don't give them the bad vibes to feed on. They don't like it. Mm-mm. And please laugh every day. Laugh and love. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. I think it's time, Faith. I think it is. Cue the music. Well, it's that time. It's time to say goodbye. Be sure to check out any of the movies from the filmographies of the guys we mentioned there on that top five list. All of them are just absolutely wonderful. So, Faith? May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. We'll see you on the other side. Show, come on, I show, come on, I show, prime time.